Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. Got a box from Upper Deck, the Boston Bruins 2024 Centennial set. It's actually 105 cards in a box, which is the complete set of 100, and then five other uh, parallels or special cards. Notice that uh, Raymond Bork was on the uh, front of the box, which he spanned uh, a lot, but was not only a Bruin. And so I note that on the backs of the cards, they only give the Bruin statistics and they only give the Bruin statistics for, uh, I think, the last four years. So the, the card back, I'd like to see all the seasons, but I know that they're trying to handle the real estate on the back of the card appropriately. And I'm wondering if Raymond Bork was paid. I'm sure he was paid because when they talk about the pack odds for the set, it's really the box odds because one pack is away in the box. So you just get one pack and there's one in every 10 boxes will have an autograph, which they say is of a legend. And maybe they're all legends, but uh, Raymond Bork certainly was a legend. So I know he got paid for that. Maybe that included him appearing on the box. Does that help sell it? Uh, it, it probably does somewhat. He was a fabulous uh, defenseman. but And there's no rookies. There's no RCs or no high numbers. Uh, you're getting the, the set of 100. And then you're getting, like I said, five extra cards. Very pleasant design. I liked it. I, I noticed that on the front of the card, they have this kind of clamshell thing where, where they have the title of the set. It looks a little bit like the old Leaf logo, except the Leaf logo had a diamond at the bottom or a baseball diamond. But I just note that every logo of a set or one of the products for any of the companies is usually reminiscent of something from the past. It's rarely absolutely brand new. Then that's fine. I don't have any problem with that. I do note that I think this is going to be a trend that Upper Deck is doing a a centennial set for the Boston Bruins, uh, which they've been the Boston Bruins the whole time. They can't really do a centennial set of the Dallas Stars. I, I don't even know how they would count that. They probably should count the North Stars, but even then, they're not one of the original six. So I don't think it's about going down this path for Upper Decks or Fanatics or Panini doing team-specific sets in any of the sports, or city-specific, for that matter, if you had multiple licenses, that'd be interesting. Do I think Upper Deck will do other teams? Again, it's just a question of the sub-licensing. And I really think Fanatics is going to do more of this in baseball and football and basketball as they obtain those licenses over the next uh, two or three years, because I think that's a way to grow the hobby, to market into that geography, into that city with people that like that. But again, Upper Deck, I hope you did well with this. First of all, thanks sponsors, not just Upper Deck, but Tops, and by definition, Tops is now Fanatics and Panini and Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, which is now part of Mike Stadium Sports Cards, now affiliated with Triple down here in Dallas with Lawrence. Burbank Sports Cards, CompC.com, now connected to eBay, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentications. Those are the sponsors. I note that anytime you pick up a box, whether you're going to a show or you ordered online, you're going to open the box, and it, it, you ought to know what you're getting. And there's three kinds of boxes, as I can see. The original boxes, you got lots of base cards, and then maybe a, a little bit of other stuff that was presumably better. Of course, in the old days, everything was base. But then you had high numbers. The other kind would be the more premium boxes now where there's little to no base. Even if there is a base card, it's serially numbered. And then this is the third kind that I see is like a box set, which could be a set plus some others. Tops had uh, box sets that they did where they'd have a few extra cards just so you're not getting exactly the same thing each time. And what that means to me is that in an era of opening the box and being disappointed, if you're trying to hit a home run, trying to get the, the grail, the big prize, the one of one, there's probably less disappointment with the box sets. You're gonna, at least you're going to get the set. 
And the few extra cards are nice too. Now, back in the day when we were doing price guides, it's philosophical until the product comes out. But philosophically, before the set comes out, are you trying to figure out what what the prices will be? Again, before you have the empirical evidence, but you're just wondering when you open a box like this, is the allocation of value within the box, is it 50% that complete set that everybody gets and 50% for the five extras? Generally, we've been moving away from the value of sets and base cards and more toward parallels that are difficult. But the, the big prize for this, if you're really trying to hunt something down, it's more of a going for the autograph. Again, if they have autographs of, of Bruins Legends, and you knew you were getting a, leg- a Bruins set that was going to have a lot of uh, players from the past, a, a whole hundred years of uh, Bruins uh, players. Not all great stars, but uh, known players. That's good. I've got a future episode coming that will also feature Upper Deck. I bought through Huggins & Scott in the last auction. I picked up a box. Actually, I picked up three boxes of 2003-03-04 basketball. I didn't get a great deal on it because I think they're available on eBay, but I have more comfort buying from Huggins & Scott. I know what I'm going to get. Anytime you buy one box, it's possible that was the box after they opened up all the other boxes in the case and got all the case hits that this will not. So I will, I'll share that with you when I get them, but I just note that when I open up those boxes, which I will do, I'm not going to just put them on the shelf because I'm a card collector, not a box collector, but I'm going to get some base cards. I'm going to get some inserts. I'm going to get some parallels. I think I'm promised an autograph in each one of them, possibly some relics, maybe some RPA, but there's a hierarchy there in what I was saying. But after 20 years, especially with LeBron and Dwayne Wade and others, one of the greatest rookie classes of all time, just partly because just having LeBron, but even a base rookie card will be good. So that'll be fun to open. I'll share what I get and let you know. Again, that's thanks to Upper Deck for putting out a great product as they were a key basketball licensee at that time. But uh, I paid cold, hard cash for it. So I'm hoping I get something good and I'll just share my experience. ComC has a deal where you get a special rate if you send in cards that are uh, recently released. I think it's called Fresh Pulls. I don't do that very much. When you're doing that, for people that are not discriminating in what they send to ComC, they don't always have a good experience because th- there are some base cards that sell well on ComC, but I-, I wouldn't imagine that you would take your Bruins set of 100 and send them into ComC. I see stuff like that on eBay where you can buy any card in the set for 99 cents and the better cards, I guess, go. And then you're left with some guys that are not as popular. I think people still like sets, complete sets, knowing that I have all the cards that you're supposed to get, but I, I don't think people like piecing them together as much. And so in this set, you don't have to piece it together because it's already complete. Now, how do you know it's complete? This is one of the challenges. Once you open it up and take out the five cards, and again, Upper Deck has thought about this, but I'm quite sure it's a complete set. But how would I know? When I open up the pack, the last five cards, I can set those aside. And that's interesting. They're probably more valuable as singles. But the complete set is not in alphabetical order. It's not in numerical order in the way it comes. It's not in era order, E-R-A, in the uh, order of uh, when they uh, played for the Bruins. So the older guys aren't the lower numbers and the younger guys the higher numbers. It's not the old tops situation where the very best guys were divisible by 10 or 50 or 100. So you don't see that. Speaking of that, I'm wondering, many of you 
have followed with interest some of the legal issues in our industry, which seem to be more frequent now when there's patents and trademarks and copyrights. Let me give you a way I think of that, and maybe that'll be helpful for you, because I don't think TOPS has patented the uh, divisible by 10, those special numbers, because I don't think you can get protection for that. On the other hand, it would look like being a copycat if the other companies did that or made a practice of it. Hats off to TOPS for doing that. Card number one was always special, or at least special since 1953, and the divisible by 100 and stuff like that kind of kicked in. Probably 57, I'm thinking, 58 for sure. Anyway, patents are, to me, if you have a patent, it's like a process. So P for patent, P for process. So you could get a patent protection if something's a process. Trademark is more of a, again, T for trademark, T is like the title of something or the trade dress of something. They can't copy what it looks like or what you call it. The name of the thing, let's say the title of the thing. And copyrights are more about content. So you have a copyrighted content. So if you're, you're writing something, people can't just plagiarize. It's copyrighted. And as has come up in other episodes, there's some fair use for copyright. If you're doing a magazine or a newspaper or something like that, you can make a commentary and you can pull some quotes, but you just can't do massive commercial copying of something and pass something off as your own. So that's patents, trademarks. And copyrights. Next, I'm wondering when Upper Deck was doing this because they're savvy. They, they do a lot of things right, obviously, and have for whatever that's been 34 years, coming on 35 years. I'm sure they tested this, whether they seek out pre-orders or do focus groups, but they had to come to the decision that this is better to do this as a box set and not in packs. It's probably easier in terms of the distribution to make it a complete set. But I'm wondering if they did focus groups. And whenever you do focus groups, we didn't do that in a formal way in Beckett Publications. You have to know what your customers want. Now, the problem is who's in the focus group. And if you have a focus group of people that don't have a clue, they're unlikely to buy regardless. That will not be helpful. Likewise, it's not helpful in a focus group to have people that are your biggest fans. They're going to buy anyway. Even if it was messed up, they'd still buy it because they, they love the company or they love uh, cards. They love the products. So what you want are the people in between. And so you want to assemble those and say, uh, would you be more likely to buy? You, you already are a collector. Would you be more likely to buy this if it was in this kind of a configuration. Would you, instead of a 200 cards that are Bruins, would you, or 100, would you want 200 or 300? Uh, more exhaustive. But again, you're getting the whole box. You're getting the whole set. Lastly, I really think Fanatics and Panini and Upper Deck and Leaf and any other company needs to be marketing to the broader fans. I think Fanatics at this point has the largest list and best list of fans of teams because that's their business model, that they're selling stuff. They're selling jerseys and caps and other kinds of swag from the team. And so they know who the customers are. And to me, that's the best list. But Fanatics is not going to rent or give or sell uh, their list to Upper Deck, but there's other sources for that. So it's not just only getting it for Fanatics. There, there are other uh, places that are uh, online, and frankly, you can get email lists as well as regular mail lists of recent purchasers of stuff related to the Boston Bruins. Again, the dilemma is not all Bruins fans are collectors, but if you're a collector and you like the Bruins, you certainly would consider this set just like I would if uh, 
I'm not telling you upper deck, you have to do this, but if you do Dallas star set, yes, I would buy that. And then they can do the price point and see if somebody has had a history of buying Bruins stuff in the hundred dollar range, let's say not a, not $10, but a hundred dollars or something like that, then they're a good prospect for sending some kind of an email solicitation or some other kind of a social media, get some influencers to talk it up or send out direct mail. So. Not sure what works, but uh, these card companies need to be trying things and seeing what uh, is likely to work. We did some of that stuff when I was uh, back in the day. It's great that you don't have to use a stamp anymore if you just can get it to their uh, inbox or something, social media that they're uh, constantly checking. So thanks, Upper Deck, and thanks, hockey collectors. It's my fourth sport, I will admit, but it is still uh, on the list of things I really care about. I had stars, uh, Dallas Stars season tickets, so I'm a fan. And uh, thanks, Upper Deck, for putting out another great product. The man 